Hey, everybody. Welcome to our midweek podcast, um, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. Um, I'm John. I'm the engagement pastor here at Generations Church and not sitting across from me, but sitting over at his house, you know, the whole social distancing in our households online right now is our lead pastor, Kyle Davies. Kyle, I guess you could say we're live, man. This is crazy. We're embracing technology more so than we ever have before midweek podcast via zoom on facebook shout out across the board we keep switching it up week after week i kind of love it Um, always joked about stuff changing here in the apartment and now we're changing stuff but it's all right you know it's kind of funny i get to look down i didn't even know how zoom would do on a facebook stream that's kind of cool so as i say i i'm trying to i'm trying to find it right now so i'll have to look it up on my phone and see if we can pull this thing up. Well, awesome. Uh, For any of you that hop onto our Facebook stream, uh, who hop on while we're doing this, feel free to comment, ask us questions, interact with us, uh, because we got them, our Facebook stream pulled up here. And so we want this to be more of a conversation and not just another uh, form of teaching. We'd rather this be all about conversation and connection. So pop on, say hi, uh, let us know if you need any clarifications as Kyle goes through some stuff, as we kind of recap what we talked about this weekend um, and just kind of talk about everyday life. So Kyle, I'm going to kind of throw this up to you to kind of open up, basically open up this time, uh, kind of similar to how you opened up your teaching time this past weekend. Um, You started off by asking a question of what are some of the biggest stressors in our life? And then you wrote it up on a big old whiteboard. So Kyle, I'm going to throw it back to you. Maybe what are some of the big stressors that are kind of encompassing your life right now? Yeah, John, that's a great question. I think right now, truly being cooped up at home is driving me crazy. (laughs) Who said she's going to move my office in a, in kind of, again, you see all these books behind me, we're going to move the whole thing, but she's going to set me up a little table in, uh, in our room. She talked about just so I could get some sunlight and get out of, the garage, those who know me, my office is in the garage. And so sometimes my garage door goes up and it's great and it's beautiful out. Uh, But lately, especially the past two days, been hunkered down in the garage and it's killing me. I'm like starving for some social interaction. I want some non-social distancing, whatever the opposite of social distancing, some social closeness. Like it's the, the extrovert in me is, is, having a really really tough uh time with that and Mm -hmm. so thankfully we're staying busy doing a lot of projects uh around the house um i I, so but i mean that's been stressing like seriously like i can't stress that enough that you can see just the excitement of doing this podcast is it's just bringing that out of me this potential social interaction uh just (laughs) fire like so people comment seriously like I, want, I need some social interaction appease me no I, I'm, I'm not that desperate um but it's been great to be with with Ruth and the kids and we were getting a lot of this stuff done in and around the house and so I have enjoyed that that but it has been a little bit different in terms of like working more from home not being out and about in the community not networking with people uh so I feel like I have a little bit of that fear of missing out, like I'm missing something, yeah. but everyone's at home just like me. So yeah. 
Oh, I got you. Come hang out. Like we need to hang out online together. Mm. Okay. So yeah. So John, we we continued our series on substance, and again, we're 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 working through this. We're we're yeah. going around. Man, what this weekend round two Facebook Live the service YouTube Live the service. Yeah. Man, what what struck you about? the the weekend and also just what struck you about the the message what stood out to you mm. and it's man i think one of the things that's been super it's been interesting to see the progression of churches all across our country of kind of how people are adjusting to this and just the overwhelming reinforcement that the church goes beyond walls it be go goes beyond one specific place and that's something that's been super encouraging to see is people gathering in their house with uh, their family members, uh, with their dog, and just connecting with us online. I've, I've loved seeing the people that who are mid-service who are like, man, we just got some breakfast burritos and sitting around drinking our coffee and everything, watching and worshiping with Charles. It's been cool because um, we've even been able to see some of our uh, family relationships, uh, people back in Kentucky who are hopping on, who are... Uh, a lot of them are raving about Charles. They're like, man, he's so fun to worship with. And I'm like, that's awesome. People still feel that engagement, even from a screen, even from their home. Um, that stuff has just been super encouraging. And I love, I love to see some of that. But out of kind of our teaching this week, and I think one of the big things that just kind of wrestled with me was this whole concept of the IOU that you kept coming back to, of how we... Um, basically we built up this IOU list that we have to God because we are sinful people and we are going to mess up. It's just one of those things that we just have to kind of admit and be willing to wrestle with of, yes, I'm going to mess up, but it's almost how do we live in response to that? Are we going to be the type of person that's going to take on all the shame, guilt, the wrongdoings on our own, set God to the side and try and will it ourselves or are we going to allow his hand to come into uh, what's happening and go alongside us with it? And it takes me back to this. There's this illustration that I heard not long ago. Um, and basically what they did was, is they called it the paper tossing game. And okay. so what they would do is they would set up three like trash can buckets um, and they would all have different point values. The one on the left would have 15 points, the one in the middle, five, the one on the right, 10. And they would get volunteers and they got the three volunteers and they demonstrated for them. And so this guy stood across the room and he just threw, he had 20 balls, 20 seconds. It's like rack up as many points as you can. And the guy demonstrating just threw it to the middle trash can as many times as he could. And so he tells the first guy, all right, get as many points as you can. Guy stands where this guy stood, starts throwing the balls in, gets a few points. Next guy does the same thing. And then the final volunteer gets up there and he reminds them, he says, hey, don't forget, the only instructions I gave you was to get the most points. And so the guy racks his head, takes all 20 balls, walks all the way up to the trash can, looks down, sees the 15 point in the left trash can and just drops them all in. Mm. And it's this just reminder that, so often, kind of what we've talked about in this series, we set up these regulations, these restrictions, these rules upon ourselves, where it's almost we see the cultural norms around us, and we basically feel like we have to follow in suit of what everyone else is doing. 
And so it's like, oh, we mess up. I got to try harder or I got to do better. I have to present myself in a certain type of way that I never do anything wrong. And I just hide all this guilt and shame and I leave it at my house. And instead, it's this almost what you are encouraging out of recognizing that Christ takes our IOUs and pins them to the cross and he leaves them there. Uh, I love the whiteboard thing. I know this is just kind of a spur of the moment joke you were making. It's not that we get a clean whiteboard, we get a brand new one all in that. And it's just this reminder that so often we can let ourselves kind of live in this bondage with the change and hold Mm. ourselves back. It reminds me of the imagery Paul uses of slavery, basically, that we set these rules and restrictions on ourselves that we just basically build up this guilt and shame on ourselves. And what we're called to is in crisis to surrender that and it brings about this freedom. And I I think that was something that just really stood out to me this weekend and kind of how my mind processes stuff. Okay. So. Okay. That's that's good. That's good. You hit a lot, you hit a lot of areas there, which I think is, which I think is just so important is how, how you talk about, you know, just the internalization of it and then processing and then, you know, going out and about and what do we, what do we do with, the the internal magnitude of that and then also that belief of hey if jesus did do that what does that what does that actually mean for us and so and what uh, it actually looks like to live that trust out of yeah jesus did die for me i am forgiven how do i live in light of that Mm. Mm. and so i liked it because you kind of asked three questions at the end Um, you asked which of your past sins were dealt with on the cross, which of your present and future sins were paid on the cross, basically alluding to like literally all of them are taken care of, but <laughs> yeah. throughout kind of more of an open-ended question to kind of end your teaching time. And I want to throw it up to you. Um, okay. Kyle, what shifts uh, should we see in our heart and in our life, this inward and outward uh, expression as we begin to think about how the gospel is a reality in our past, our present, and our future. Hmm. Yeah, I think the the first piece there is just if anyone's watching and you don't know what that word gospel means, it just is is a succinct way to say uh, Jesus' incarnation, crucifixion, and resurrection. And those are three big words there again. So it's Jesus uh, being born, living a perfect life, dying on the cross, and then coming back to life. And then his is going to be with God forever. And so the gospel is basically how Jesus doing this makes uh, creation new, right? Is the fulfillment of God's story. And so you have kind of creation, fall, everything gets broken. And then this, this redemption piece that really just Jesus is, is, fixed it, fixed it on the cross and through his resurrection, but then we'll ultimately come back and make all things new. And that, that's what we have a hope for. That's why right now during this coronavirus stuff, it's like, man, we cannot wait for this new heavens, new earth, because, uh, I mean, just cause it'll be great when, uh, everything's made new. We don't got to worry about disease. We don't got to worry about sickness. We don't got to worry about death. Yeah. Um, and so Jesus' life, death, and resurrection enables us to be a part of that, but then also uh, uh, 
yeah, be basically be a part of that and look forward to to the new heavens and new earth. So, what does that what does that mean for for sins being past, present, and future being taken? Um, we don't have to live with the guilt and shame over our past sins or the present areas of life that God is still working on. There's all areas that God is still working on in our life. We don't have to be ashamed or feel guilty uh, about that. We've been given a new life in Christ. Um, and because of that, we can extend forgiveness and grace to others with great courage and flexibility. And we, have, we can do that very purposefully um, and passionately and understand that we have been extended that same grace and forgiveness and therefore we can, we can extend that to others. Um, we don't have to control others' opinions of us or try to impress God with our spirituality uh, since the Father now sees Jesus' perfect life and status when he looks upon us. That's when the nail to the cross piece is so powerful because Jesus does not, or God does not see that IOU anymore. He sees Jesus and Jesus has paid it in full. Therefore, we can live with a deep humility, yet much gratitude, confidence, enjoy and i can tell you right now man that is something that we i think we all want we want to be able to be grateful in this time we want to be able to have joy in this time yeah and the only way we can have that is recognize that we have been made right with god through jesus mm. and i think also we can have realize that we have nothing to earn because we're already fully loved approved and valued by our father by god because of jesus therefore we can love and serve all people even our enemies with no strings attached and i i think that's culturally right now that that's so powerful yeah because we're we're the country wants to go back to being polarized for about a week we all came together we were yeah. all unified and we're like we're going to kick this thing we're going to beat it but you can start to see that unraveling it's starting yeah. to get in frayed a little bit we're starting to become you know, polarized. And we're starting to say, man, if you have a different opinion than me, I'm not sure I'll go to the store and buy hand sanitizer or toilet paper, if you can find it for, uh, for them. And it's, it's just like this barrier that we, we sometimes have, but because of Jesus, we can love others because we have been loved and approved of by God through Jesus. And I think lastly, uh, I'll say this, that we don't need to look to anything else for identity and purpose since we have the Holy Spirit living within us when we put our faith in Jesus. Therefore, we can live our whole lives around the mission of Jesus and tell others about him. And this is why I think is so important is especially during this time, um, I mentioned one of my main stress stressors is like, man, I'm cooped up. What am I supposed to do? I can't go anywhere, but recognizing that the sense of calling and purpose that Jesus has given me in my life doesn't stop because I can't go outside or go down the street or, or yeah. go network in the community. My sense of purpose and identity is rooted in who Jesus says that I am. And therefore I can love people. I can care for people. I can do my best to be a good neighbor with the people who live right around me so so that's where i think when we look at colossians 2 14 and says that jesus has erased the certificate of debt and he's nailed it to the cross that's why that story is so powerful because it allows us to have really 
four things, salvation, justification, adoption, and sanctification. Again, big theological weighty words, yeah. but it has such profound impact for the way in which we live our lives. Mm. I like that. So John, if I use these weighty words, I, I threw that some of that. Are the, is there a passage that you think that you would go to to help maybe clarify some of that sentiment? Is there another passage in the Bible uh, that might help people get a fuller picture of our main point? Um, so yeah, kind of in this concept of what we've been talking about. And I mean, this has kind of been a couple of weeks of building up on this whole concept of the freedom uh, that we find in Christ through surrender. I always come back to Galatians, uh, which is another book by Paul and everything. I kind of love it. Uh, you know, sticking on the Paul theme, but over in Galatians 5, 13 and 14, it basically says, for you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of what you were hitting on just a moment ago of basically being able to find our freedom in Christ who's gone to the cross for us, who's nailed our IOUs there. We leave that there and we are able to release these chains, this slavery in which we talk about that we're able to leave that guilt, shame, um, and basically our wrongdoings, our sins that hold us back and try to drag us down. We're able to leave that in our past. We're able to leave that at the cross because of Jesus. And in doing that, we basically go out and extend that same love, extend that same hope in which we have received to those around us, to our neighbors, and kind of what you're talking about, especially in this time where there is a lot of pain, there's a lot of suffering, anxiety, fear about what's going on. And I, I love how you've been encouraging um, to certain people in this of what it looks like to be a good neighbor, of just calling somebody and say, hey, what, what do you need during this time? Hey, maybe you're not comfortable going to the store. Let me go grab something for you. What do you need? Or even just being able to listen and say, hey, let's just, let's just talk. You know, in this time where it's very easy to feel alone. I mean, we have a culture that's uh, already very self-isolated. I go to my home, do my thing. I'm kind of, we don't go into each other's personal bubbles a lot. But even during this time, like, I mean, it's almost like it's kind of thrown on us. Uh, almost to the extreme. And so even being willing to make an uncomfortable phone call to someone that you might not fully know and just say, well, you don't live that far. You live in my area. How are you doing with all this? How can I be praying for you? How can I tangibly love you as my neighbor, as Christ has loved me? Well, and it's it's been really cool because I think our church is doing that well. We're trying to, we're yeah. trying, we're trying to embrace that. Um, we're going to send something out a little bit later in the week. Um, but, but what I would encourage people practically, if you're watching, what would it look like to just type up a, a letter yeah. that you say, Hey, I'm your neighbor. So-and-so here's my phone number. I know you pr may know me. You probably don't know me, but Hey, I'm, I'm trying to go to the store once a week. If there is something you need or you're nervous about going out, um, just reach out to me, tell me what you need and I'll go pick it up. Now, the thing is, it's a good neighbor on multiple fronts, because not are you just caring for those around you, but you're also reducing the amount of people who are going out and about, uh, 
each each and every day. And so you're you're helping be a good citizen as you're supposed to shelter or stay at home here yeah. in the state of Washington. And so I, I think on multiple fronts, that's just love your neighbor as yourself, as you would want someone to do that for you. Uh, so why not take the initiative and do it yourself uh, for someone for someone else? Yeah, I, I love that example. And I think it's going to be a cool thing to see what God does with that, uh, of us sending that out to people and kind of encouraging people in a very way that's um, maybe might be uncomfortable just reaching out to the neighbors around you. I live in an apartment complex. So to do that to my neighbors, it's going to be quite a few people, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun and kind I'll of a if you can hear them also huh? like, right, right, right. Cause it's an apartment complex. So you oh, can yeah. hear them also. So it's not like, exactly. Oh, I just, I know them, but it's like the people that live above you, you can hear them probably walking. I lived in an apartment complex. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can hear them walking a little bit. <laughs> Um, Matt's on watching us. He lives up in diagonal from me. I can't really hear him, so I can't talk bad about him. Yeah, but it's all right, you know. So well, you wouldn't want to talk bad about him anyway, because we love Matt. We He's love a great him. guy. I know. He's on here sharing stuff right now. I love it. Um, so Kyle, let me let me throw this one out for you. Um, okay. As you went through, as you've processed kind of the time from our teaching on Sunday to where you are now, is there anything that has kind of hit you um, kind of later? Um, as you've been kind of going about your week, is there anything that you're like, oh man, I wish I could have clarified that better, articulated this way? Or is there yeah. something that you're like, man, I didn't even bring this up and I wish I would have? Yes. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> there's, there's, one right? there, there's one line and it has been eating me up. The fact that I did not say this on Sunday. You know me, I like to manuscript write stuff out. Sunday, I don't know whether it is it's live streaming or not, but I'm getting away from my notes a little more, which I think can be a good thing. Exactly. Um, those of you who, who are watching these, you'll have to let, let us know and see. Just, yeah, just help, help us out there. Get, give us a little feedback there. We're inviting that. You can give feedback to the, the teacher of the week. So one of these <laughs> weeks, John, it's coming for you. But here's that sentence that I wish I would have said when... Um, when I was teaching, and it, it's simply this, I got my paper right here ready to go. It says, most of us will spend our lives trying to pay for something we can never pay for. And it goes back to that IOU. Um, I think that a lot of the reason that we do the things that we do is because we are trying to cover up, pay for, or the biblical word would be atone for our, our past failures, for our mistakes, um, to prevent our fears from becoming reality. And so we do a lot of things um, to try to pay for essentially the debt, the IOU that we owe against God because we stiff arm him and say, God, I got this. I can figure out life on my own. Um, I, you know, I'm going to do it my way. And sometimes again, we do that explicitly. And sometimes we just do it just because of, of who we are, just living naturally we, yep. we filter everything through the way in which we see the world and forget God, God has designed the world a certain way. There is good biblical wisdom for how to interact and love and serve others as we have talked about that. But when we get it wrong because we like to get it right, uh, we, we choose to do things to almost make up for mm. past, past mistakes. And so I think sometimes a lot of the way we justify or why we don't change or why we're 
we're afraid to, uh, while we're afraid to change, it's, it's because we're trying to justify or just basically pay for what we owe God another way. And the only way to pay for that is through faith, through faith in Jesus, because Jesus has, has been the payment. Mm-hmm. He has been the payment. And we don't have to, we don't have to make that payment. One sacrifice was enough on yep. this side of Jesus. One sacrifice is enough. He's erased that certificate of debt. He's nailed it to the cross. The IOU is paid in full. So stop trying to pay it. And so I don't know if you're watching right now and that just strikes a chord with you where you're looking at your life, you're looking at some of your habits, you're looking at some of the way you try to make decisions or anything like that, that all you, you recognize that all you're trying to do is just pay the debt that Jesus has already paid. And so I know that's, that's maybe difficult to wrap your mind around. Um, I think it's almost a foreign concept because of the time period which we live in. It's like, hey, like I'm supposed to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm supposed to will myself to make it right. I'm supposed to control my own destiny. Or even we go that other way where we just pretend like it's not real. We, we back out, we escape. And I mean, seriously, I mean, how... It doesn't matter how many Netflix shows you binge. When you go to Costco tomorrow, there still won't be toilet paper. <laughs> like, like it just is like, it's it, yeah. like you can't, you can't escape reality. But for some reason, we try to do things to manipulate the system. And at the end of the day, the substance comes to the surface and the substance is Jesus. And Jesus brings transformation because he enables us to love and forgive and ultimately live um, by, by being free um, and by not being weighed down and try to pay that, that guilt and pay that IOU that, that we owe. And so, John, with that, set, with that being said, every week we try to get people to say, okay, based off that main point of, of the sermon, what's your I will statement? Basically, we want people to apply what we're teaching. We want people to go from, uh, okay, here's what the the word says to, I'm going to, I'm going to hear it. And now I'm going to do it. So John, we started, I started out with you and said, Hey, what was kind of the main point you were taking away? So what is your I will statement uh, for this week based on this week's teaching? Dude, I, I love that question. Um, Cause it's not one that we always kind of wrestle with. Sometimes it's really easy to walk away from a teaching and just go, Oh yeah, that was a great message. Go about our week. But to really process through what can I tangibly do this week in response to what kind of what God eliminated through Colossians two 14. I think one of the main things that kind of stuck out for me, um, I don't know if this is just something I need to do more in my uh, personal walk, or maybe um, this is something other people are going to kind of, grasp onto and really connect with as well but it's really came back to me almost this um this spiritual discipline of confession is mm-hmm. really coming back to me and basically what i mean by that is kind of a unique way of once a week um, during a little devotional time kind of a you and god moment to take a list of paper of kind of what you talked about and just write out the things in 
just write out your sins from this past week, to write out the things in which you need forgiveness for, to make that list, and then to pray over them individually. And as you do that, physically scratch them away. Mm -hmm. And then once you're done with it, take it, crumble it up, throw it in the trash can. And it's, it's this physical reminder that through prayer, we can leave our wrongdoings. We can leave our sins at the cross with Jesus. Mm -hmm. We can leave them there. And it's, it's very tough to do that because a lot of the times it's more in passing of like, Oh God, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. And we just kind of move on about our day. Um, but to make yourself, uh, the awkward moment of making yourself sit down and go, no, I, I messed up here. I wasn't in line with what I want to be. Uh, I wasn't following Jesus characteristics and priorities here and here. And God, help me work through this. Help me. Uh, I just pray you can forgive me for that and help correct me in those moments. Help me grow as a person. So when that situation arises, I can do, I can act in a different way. I can act in a more Christ-like way and have a better response. And to physically make ourselves cross them off as we ask for that forgiveness, to just reinforce that I can leave that behind. I don't have to carry that weight with me. Yeah, I so. love that. I, I love that. I hope that that gives some people some ideas. Yeah. And John, that means in a later conversation later in the week, I get to ask you about that, right? I know, right? Yeah. I get to it's say, hey, did you, did you make your good. list, right? I mean, that's the beautiful of Christian community and accountability is we we get to see ourselves together pursue Jesus, which means we get to have dialogue like this. And when we share something like that, yeah, uh, the, the reality is, okay, like we got to live out that I will statement. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Was there anything that stuck out for you? Man, so I guess what I would say is my, my I will statement is, is this, it says, I wrote it down because I wanted to make sure, um, one, that someone else can also hold me accountable in terms of, hey, Kyle, you've put this out here. It's on paper, and you're going to say it in front of whoever is watching. And it actually kind of deals with the other people who are who are watching. It says, I will not measure my worth uh, by the amount of people who watched uh, Sunday's message. So so one of the things is, is like we're a church plant. We want to see people trust and follow Jesus. We want to see God's people expanded. We're doing it because of Jesus for generations to come. And yeah. especially in this uh, time of COVID-19, um, knowing that there's more stuff on social media and we're, we want to get that message out there. We want people uh, to get connected to a church because we can be a community um, that goes beyond uh, just a Sunday. And that, that's what we're aspiring to be. And that, that's what we've seen so far in our short journey there right as i say COVID 19 i'm gonna i'm gonna call it's insane every time every time um but but recognizing that me being a pastor uh the success of generations is not synonymous with how many people uh tune in and watch uh sunday's message so I'm yeah. not telling people not to tune in and watch that because we definitely want to keep uh, pursuing Jesus together. Uh, but I, but I have to recognize that in this time of just change, that this is new for everybody. Yeah. And so I have to give myself uh, grace and recognize that I don't have to prove myself, the, you know, to God in some way. 
Like I don't have to pay for that IOU by how many people tune in and watch, you know, on, on Sunday. Yeah. And so, um, how, how that turns itself out very practically is because I have a partnership team. I have people I'm accountable to is to not be ashamed or to not try to push aside um, the numbers and also to not allow the self-talk of uh, this is my worth or, oh man, that, that was really awful based on like when I, whether it's, I present those numbers or, or just even look at them. So every time that I, that I look at something, instead of saying a negative word, remembering that Jesus' sacrifice was enough for me and enough for others. And so to just say that out loud again and again and again, uh, as, as we, as I reflect on this new season of, of ministry that we're in. Okay. Well, that's, that's a fun one. It's a tough one because it's, it goes beyond some tangible thing. It's really going to be uh, even just some inward processing of ways in which yeah. you can work through that. Well, it's it's gonna it's gonna be me physically out loud saying when those doubts creep in, when those fears keep it, creep in, when it's like, man, what is you know is because I failed or because the numbers weren't right. That doesn't mean that I'm a failure. You know, there's a difference between the two between an outward action that failed. And again, you can learn from failure. You can, you can grow from failure. It's another thing to say, because I failed, I am a failure. The, the difference between do and be. And so every time I'm, I'm tempted to make that transition of what, what I do is who I am, yeah. to go, no, who I am is who Jesus says that I am. And so so my I will statement is say that out loud every time I try to exchange do for be. So cool. I like it. Well, good. Now we got, we got a chance to, to hold each other accountable in that way. And, you know, I, I hope this is helpful for those who, who are jumping in and watching, um, especially in this season that we're in, in our culture and in our world, yeah. uh, to recognize that there is hope beyond this. Like you're not alone. And honestly, be a good neighbor Let's, and watch how that transforms your life and community. And at Generations Church, we do all of this because of Jesus for generations to come. So I just hope that, that this is a great opportunity um, for those people to connect with us and reach out to us.